MSW Media. Hi, I'm Francis Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we're Frangela, and welcome to The, the Final, Final Word. Word. The Final Word with Frangela. The Final Word. 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 <laughs> it was in stereo. Thank you for joining us here again on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network and MSW Media. Yes, where all great things happen. And we want to remind you, we are trying to grow this podcast. Please, please, please download, like, and subscribe this to this podcast. If you haven't, you have to subscribe. Yeah, specifically, please. specifically to this podcast because we all, you know, we we try to make sure that we get everybody listening to every podcast. But in order for that to count, you have to actually subscribe to each of those podcasts individually. Yeah. It's yeah. how they count the numbers, and the numbers are how you get the ads, and the ads are how you get us. Um, housing yeah. so and uh <laughs> food yeah 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 so yeah. there's a direct line between these things so the, the the number one things you can do for us is subscribe and get everyone you know to subscribe and and i would love for them to listen and join this community and resist but if they just want to subscribe that works too well, we'll take, i mean we'll meet it. people we'll where they're it. at Meet people you know where they're at. Let me tell you something. If you got a spouse who ain't doing nothing, who doesn't listen to podcasts, right. why don't you just go on their phones, download the quick. final word and idiot of the week, and just you know, you know, encourage that. Play them. Subscribe, and it is what I do. You know what? For instance, he just plays the podcast. Oh, over, over, over. Just play. I'm not lying. Just play. It. Just play. Just plays it. You know what I mean? Turn down the volume after you've listened to it one good time. But you know, I. <laughs> care we're not picky about how you get this done don't get it twisted we aren't the type of bitches who get upset about the kind of flower you bring you know what i'm saying like except for carnation those are tacky see see kidding they're not that's a francis hates carnations but even i'm gonna tell you something i'm gonna stop right now carnations are a death flower for me and i'm sorry it just is I can see that. I can see that there are a lot of flowers that have been identified with certain uh, things in it. And it that yeah. makes it. For me, when I hear of carnations, I think of floats. Oh, that's and I think a good of one. Me that's, spending... a better, so that's a much better association. Yeah. Well, I don't know if, they, if you had floats when you were a kid that you had that like, and I, I think they were for like block parties. I have this yes. in my mom's. I have, my memories of this are like of spending hours folding up tissue oh, and those, tying it to make, yeah. you know, like hours and hours. And it's at first it being fun. And then somewhere in the middle, realizing that we were some sort of slave labor force and really then <laughs> presenting it. Like by the end of it being like, this is just, I thought there were laws against this. So, but in any case, if you want us to not have to make Francis's child work, um, please. Which I'm going to talk about later as yeah, well. Please uh, subscribe. We also want to invite you if you're not already a Patreon subscriber. Thank you so much for thank being one because you. you are literally the thing that is that is keeping us in this podcast uh, working and surviving. We want to thank you. You're keeping my entire family homed. Oh, you have no idea 
I can show you the numbers. Uh, and 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 we could always use more support. And, and by always, I mean absolutely right now, yesterday, if possible. So <laughs> thank you so much. Check that out. If you want a special video from us, go to Cameo. You can mm-hmm. get it. Yeah, and we are having. I want to just say this real quick. We have to record. We're having to record this podcast on Wednesday this week. Yeah, that is that is unfortunate in terms of the hearings. I've been popping popcorn all weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, on Thursday, but I want you to understand that that's that. So today is Wednesday, June eighth. Mm-hmm. In terms we're going to talk we're about things. About. And- we're going to talk about the the hearing and all that too. Yes, and and hope. Hopefully you will be able to catch us on the third hour of the Stephanie Miller show for the Black Power Hour. And what magic occurs then, Angela? That is where the blackness that is Stephanie Miller comes forth, comes out of <laughs> is, her, is issued, is born, is birthed <laughs> in its feckin' state so that we all may rejoice in its glory. And somewhere Stephanie Mills finds herself on a bike inexplicably. Yes. So yes. don't miss that. And that that then we'll be able to, that's the morning after the, the uh, first hearings here, public uh, hearings on the January 6th in continuing insurrection. Um, and we are looking forward to it. So I turned on, I walked into the living room yesterday. Right, right. And you know, my husband is either watching the news or C-SPAN, always, right? Which bless him for being able to watch C-SPAN for longer than five minutes. <laughs> no, no, C-SPAN is on, on a television in my household all day long. And my daughter watches it for fun. Yeah. Um. So I walk out and who's on my TV but Matthew McConaughey. And I should say his real name, McConaughey. I can't say it. I've realized anymore. I know I'm because so we've been saying McConaughey forever. That I cannot not say it. Like I'm like Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I know. Uh, but he was he was in every bit and channeling every bit of our American hurt, anger, rage, love to call for gun reform at the White House. And I'm going to tell you, I was shocked. I, I Let me tell you, I stopped. Where if it was somebody else at that stand, maybe I would have kept going on with my day. But because it was him, and it was so surprising for me, I what did I do? I went in and I called Angela on the phone. Because we, we had some business. And she was like, well, let's talk about it. I was like, no, no, no. Matthew McConaughey is on the podium in the White House. And we and both I, sat, sat I, down I and you. watched. You didn't believe me. And, I was like, ha, ha, ha. and then I went, oh, shit. Um, and look, seriously, like everybody I texted was like, wait, what? You're not joking? I'm like, no, I'm not joking. Um, and I, I have very mixed feelings about that in sort of what it says and portends for our, our sort of collective now and future. But it's undeniable to me that at the end of his speech, which was powerful um, uh, and, and moving and absolutely thoughtful and articulate and, and, and all of the things full of um, all of the things that uh, it needed, that it, we, we, you would want to be in a speech about finally doing something about uh, everybody having a gun in this country uh, and gun violence, that 
at the end of it, Katie Turr, I think it was her show that started on, mm-hmm. said, to be clear, all of the networks just carried that, mm-hmm. all of the cable news networks. She's like, and Fox News. Yep. Whatever that is, since it's not news, um, carried it. And that is the reason. That is the thing, reason why Matthew McConaughey behind that on that podium got, because on Fox right now, they are discussing literally Hunter Biden's fucking computer or something still. That's they right. are nowhere near a discussion of anything that's actually happening. They're certainly not, they're not going to air the uh, January, January 6th, 6th. Uh, hearing. Nope. They're not going to, they're not going to discuss any of that. And so the only way this information got onto their network was by utilizing somebody who for some, they've been on, we've all been unsure about exactly what we think about where he's at politically. Right. Um, because right. he's been, he's been an, a gun advocate. Yes. And he came um, out and, and he said he wasn't, he was a gun owner. He actually, he told, this is what I appreciated. His st- emotional remarks recounting the stories of the shooting victims after meeting with their families. And let me tell you, for me, he was able to do it in a way that unfortunately, with as much passion as our wonderful and incredible and em- em- empathetic president is, he is not a wordsmith. And I think we can all... And I, I, I think that, that he tries... I don't think that's his thing. You know what no, I mean? Like, no, I think that, that... He's wonderful. But he's not but, looking but, to be but, quotable but He, he could not way. get up and do the job that a professional well, actor we, yes. could get up and, and portray and bring the stories of these children's lives and their dreams to the forefront because his wife sitting there holding those gym shoes. Mm-hmm. And when he discussed, and I hadn't heard, you know, you know, here's the thing. I had heard over and over and over again. And this is also part of the problem, the way that the news gets reported. And heard over and over and over again that the children had to be identified by DNA. But it didn't, until the way that he put it, that the AR-15 ripped these children open so wide that they could not be identified except by DNA. And for some reason, it landed for me, Angela. It landed in me and I understood it. And it was like, that's right. If you send your child to school and the only way they can be identified is by the shoes that they had on their feet. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm about to send my child, I'm sending my child, she's out there right now, um, filling out applications for summer jobs. And this morning I had a chill run through my body because one of the places she filled out her application was CVS. Mm-hmm. And and the and the Rite Aid up in our neighborhood, and I thought, what if somebody comes in there with a gun? Like, and that's my trauma response to this. Because I'm going to tell you, that wasn't in my mind. I wasn't afraid of that. I wasn't feeling that. But not only is it a response, it's the right response in terms of what's going on in this country right now. 
I think that, first of all, we don't, Joe Biden can't do what Matthew McConaughey can do, not just because he somehow isn't capable of it and from a performance standpoint, but because we don't want that out of a politician. That's right. We do not want our president to be hitting the side of the table about to break down in tears about like, because they are supposed to be the person who's in control and he would be critiqued for that. Um, and, and he's already, you know, they, a lot of people use that Biden's empathy skills and his ability to connect with people as somehow some kind of a negative too that Which it makes crazy. him soft but that that is that is I mean, you can't win for losing right <laughs> with people but like that is so there's that i actually think that frankly if the stories of people's lives being torn apart and, and children being killed made a difference we would have had gun control by now mm-hmm. it's not the story that connected with you francis it's that it was matthew mcconaughey that he was standing in front of the white house symbol behind that podium that yeah. he was that that pulpit was being used not to appeal to 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 literally and and it annoyed me to ever so slightly that yet again it's part of this this attempt to to do something different to push forward some kind of gun you know gun reform we'd still stick to this everybody does it or if we could all rise above when it's not everybody it's the republicans when it's not everybody every single democrat Okay, like it is not everybody who's fighting these measures. Like, so it's frustrating. And the fact that he's standing at that podium, of course, does say that. It does say clearly it's not everybody because the president of the United States just gave you his pulpit, just gave you his bully pulpit for Mm -hmm. you to use. So clearly it's not everybody. And clearly there's one group of people who are already rising above their party. And the the fact is that then they when they then got done speaking, they went out and talked to senators and different people like um what's his name? He's an idiot. I can't think of which one it was now. Cotton or not one of them. Corn and make no senator. Whoever, no, no, uh, whoever oh. they talked to said who they uh, were asking, what do you think about, you know, where are you on the gun gun reform? He's like, I'm at what the real crime is. Where's Hunter Biden? Like, it was like, are you no, me? no. So the problem here is not us. It's never been us. The problem is not us being touched enough. The problem isn't that you haven't been scared enough for your daughter going to school. The problem is the people that we elect You're do right. not think they can get reelected if they pass this legislation, even when they have everything in front of them, every poll, every survey, every vote to show them that like 80% of this country plus depending on the exact question agrees on the majority of the things that have been in any of these bills. Well, cut to our next story. Wyoming's GOP Senator Cynthia Loomis is quote unquote surprised by constituents urging action on guns. Two weeks after Cynthia Loomis said she didn't think strengthening background checks on gun purchases would quote be acceptable in the state of Wyoming, she revealed on Tuesday that she was surprised by how receptive Wyoming callers seem to be to address guns in some ma- in some manner. No, bitch, people are calling. The phone is ringing off the hook. Loomis told CNN that since the mass shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, her office has received an influx of calls from Wyoming residents who want something to be done to prevent future massacres. After hearing from constituents, Loomis said she is considering voting for a package that would include allowing gun background checks to examine juvenile criminal records. And and to be honest, I don't know why we're letting anybody with juvenile get a gun at all. I mean, you know, like, like, and this idea, and I get it. I get the, the, let's get something passed. And I absolutely am for that. I am absolutely for getting things. I am not, Hey, if you get cancer, if you've got cancer, we ain't got a cure, but you're going to sure as heck treat it, aren't you? Mm -hmm. So I'm saying we, I am for every step 
but we should not let these people get off mm-hmm. on get on get away with something. If we can't even get back to what we had in the 80s, I don't know why, you know what I mean? Like what the we're doing. Bill. That's what I'm screaming. But the reality here is the way that this changed, the reason that it hurt, that it's hurting and it's affecting more is the, first of all, the type of gun, the rise of the AR-15. Yeah. And, and absolutely that, 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 People are now able to, and the fact that not only have they, we not informed, created laws to control gun ownership or to demand, you know, responsible gun ownership, not only have we not done that, many states, including, of course, Texas, have gone out of their way to make it easier. Yeah. Have gone out of their way to make it so easy. In fact, that that same 18 year old who was able to get the gun he, he used that day, just hours before the shooting, couldn't buy a pistol. But could yeah. buy an AR-15. Yeah. It doesn't make any kind of sense. And and Matthew McConaughey and everybody who's been saying this has said it, this is a winning issue, but only if they know it is. And I know that people we get this gets thrown in your face a lot when you're out here trying to vote um, and, and do things to improve our country. People I've been told by many, many people, uh, mostly mansplained, that I shouldn't be a one issue voter that I shouldn't allow. Um, and, and I don't understand that because if your one issue is white supremacy, I don't, but, um, oh, what oh. I'm saying, you know, like I'm like, and I look at this and I go, the reason that it hit harder is because they shut, you don't have to be a kid in school because they went to a gro- a man went to a grocery store and targeted black people because they were black. You know, yeah. you can be an Asian American working at your job. You mm-hmm. can be anybody walking out. You can be have, going out to a party. There are 13 mass shootings within like a week of, of Uvalde. Yeah. It's, it's the reality is it is happening more. They are more deadly and devastating. You see almost no injured people. No. Very few people come out of these <laughs> shootings just injured, right. even severely injured. They're dead. And and the, the number of Katie Turr yesterday talked about if um, if even a few of these reforms had been in place, that that would have prevented almost 500 gun deaths since the, since like 1990 something. I want to say it was late 90s that she said, like 1999 or something like that. But the reality here is it is imperative that we, I believe, the very first issue that we have to make it clear, you will not win re-election. We will not vote for you if you do not vote to change the gun laws. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of, I said earlier, we were on, we were watching C-SPAN yesterday and I had an opportunity to watch some of this, this information. The U.S. is facing increased threat of extremism over the next six months, Department of Homeland Security warns. The Department of Homeland Security uh, warned of increased threat of extremist violence over the next six months as midterm elections, the potential uh, downfall of Roe v. Wade and surging migration at the southern border exacerbate tensions nationwide. You know... No, I I resent the way that's written. Me I too. deeply resent because, it. Because I deeply, really... deeply resent it. Because that's not that's not it. What the, the two things don't match. No, they what, don't. Extremism and those are the things. And what you're what the headline needs to be is white supremacists. Yeah, uh, they know they want to scare you out of voting. Yeah, they want to scare you out of fighting for your rights. And they know that they've got between now and November to terrify the fuck out of all of us. And that that is their number one agenda item. Scare and dismantle that white extremists, white power extremists. This idea that just extremism as a concept, right. or that maybe it's Antifa too. There is no Antifa. There well, is the no Antifa. Let me tell you something. As I was watching C-SPAN, watching the GOP try to just sweep up 
this boogeyman of Antifa, while not wanting to acknowledge white extremism, white nationalism, at all. I mean, at all. So it's 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 interesting because one side is, you know, the whole point is to talk about white nationalism, but the right is talking about Antifa. And let me tell you something. Who I can't point to Antifa shooting up 19 children. You can't point to anybody. You can't point to a black person doing it. And no. yet we gotta hear representatives talk about urban black, which is called for black crime. Right. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, like we keep allowing, like we've got to stop, stop recruiting at the Klan rally. We have got to stop not calling a spade a spade and not a black person. People listen up. It's not, it is not surging migration if it isn't, if it even is surging. Yeah. It's not, it is the fact that white nationalist extremists have been emboldened by repeatedly being allowed to get away with subversive ter domestic terrorist acts, not in, not excluding people like Kyle Rittenhouse. And talking about January 6th, our unwillingness, and I'm, I can't say inability, because of course we can, we were able to punish the heck out of a lot of people for a lot less. That's right. Our unwillingness to hold white extremists, white power nationalists and terrorists, and in, frankly, the South after the Civil War, responsible yeah. for its trip, for its treason, and for its domestic terrorism, that is the problem that these people right now, and we all feel it, we're already exhausted. We were talking to Allison Gill from Daily Beans and MSW Media the other day, and we were talking about, and I was like, I couldn't identify what the feeling is out here. And, and she's like, exhaustion. Yeah. We are exhausted. And now we're enraged and exhausted. And I think it's important well, to understand that that's the point. Forky. It makes us yeah, and also forky, And also forky. lay down on the couchy. Yeah. Like, like, because what can I do? Yeah. What can I do? There was literally. The point yeah, is your that exhaustion. Is, that is, if they can't scare you, they'll tire you out. They yeah. don't care how they keep you in your house. They just want to keep you in your house. They want to get rid of your right to vote, make your vote not count. And if at all possible, get you to not even get up the couch to do it. So that. That is what's pushing. That is what makes what the danger we all feel. And of course it feels worse now because it is getting worse. Yep. It is happening more often. And these are not crimes of people being po of poverty or crimes of even necessarily mental illness in, in sort of a temporary way. Like somebody just goes, these are people who over and over again, we see if anybody even paying attention, if there had been any kind of rules or laws in place, they wouldn't have gotten these guns. No, 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 but no. These are not hard to find people. You no. know, it's a lot of them. No, no. We'll be right back after these messages. Season two of Swing Left's How We Win is here. We have an incredible opportunity to fight for our democracy. We don't agonize, we organize. And we've got a lot of work to do. Subscribe right now on Apple and everywhere you get your pods for insight, action, and your reasons for hope. I'm Steve Pearson. And I'm Mariah Craven. And, and this, this is season two of How We Win. Welcome back. Uh, so again, we're going to be talking more about what we can do about extremist violence, etc. But uh, next up, we're going to talk about the, the hearing, the the first, the primetime televised January 6th uh, investigation, congressional investigation hearing. And what we think will happen, what do you think is going to happen, Francis? I think that, uh, I hope that the major networks will carry it 
and that the people who are normally Fox viewers, because here's the thing, I don't need to see it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to get informed by it. But my position, they're not moving me. I need them. I need people who don't know this information, who are uninformed to see this. And I need it to be plastered every, I need, I need people to reach for a piece of toilet paper and come up with this January 6th panel investigation. Yeah. That's what I need. And that's what I want to happen. I want this to be, I want this to be in every corner of the world. You know, like in, in Pulp Fiction, when uh, Marcellus is looking for Bruce Willis and he's like, if that mother right. is in Indonesia, right. I want somebody hiding in a bowl of rice. Yes, exactly. That's what I want. Well, I think to me, I think we are going to learn things. And I think they're going to be extremely disturbing. I think that that contrary to, I, you know, it, was, it wasn't a joke when I said it necessarily, but it's turned out to be so incredibly accurate that it's scary that when Trump got elected, I said, there will be, a file labeled crimes we committed while I was president. Yep. And quite literally documentary. There, there, there is. It, it's so bad when I look at the fact that they've already teased the, the video footage. We haven't heard the dialogue that these mo- <clears throat> these fools, these white supremacist fools who were in coordination with members of the Trump White House and campaign staff and family. And I believe we don't know for sure all these connections, but they are alleging it is out there allegedly. And I and I will not be surprised by it. These dummies had a, a, a documentarian with them to literally yep. go down and film them on January 5th in a parking garage basement film themselves meeting up to coordinate i.e. conspire <laughs> to over to circumvent stop disrupt overthrow the u.s government and one of its main functions in terms of the transfer of power they literally like why do we have to ha- why they do we have a year plus to get to this trial when you have this a documentarian i know they filmed it because they really did believe that they had the right to do it. And it is our job to show them that this is the problem. These people think that this is their right. They absolutely do. And it is our job to stop them and dis and, and, and disinvite them from that well, idea. On top of that, it is not I don't understand right. what happened, uh, what, what what law and order actually means anymore. And I mean this in a very realistic way. What I don't understand is when did we get to a point in this country when whether or not people got prosecuted for crimes was a was a was a, a popularity issue or something we voted on. Like we like I, I yep. like my understanding of the legal system has been thus far. If I break a law, I can I will be charged with breaking that law and I will be found guilty or innocent based on my ability their, and their ability to prove whether or not I'm guilty and my ability to prove I'm innocent, although it's the burden isn't on me. Like that's that that's been my understanding. But uh, what it seems when it comes to um, white nationalists and and wealthy people that that we have to make sure that everybody's okay with the prosecution before we do it. And that is my real every time of the attorney general. And I and I need everybody yep. to hear it again. And I told y'all he won he won about nothing, and he didn't need to be on the Supreme Court. And I bet you are you happy that he isn't now? Because I'm like seriously, yep. this person. And not, of course, we wanted an Obama pick, but this person wasn't an Obama pick. It was a, this was a um, what's his name? McConnell pick. And I look yep. at him and I'm like, they're like, they're they're charging. See, he's moving forward yet. Yeah, they're charging the actual domestic terrorists with domestic terrorism. That's mm-hmm. really not 
<laughs> like I'm not moved by that, but I do think that we are going to get new yeah. information and then we're going to see a much more concise and direct timeline. Like you aren't going to have to connect the dots. I think the dots are literally having sex like as they, as they move forward. And that is our final word everybody and now it's time for emails emails time to go get your emails I want to thank you for writing us at frangela08 at gmail.com we have time for this one from megan h she says hi ladies omg for loco i thought it was outlawed that's some malt liquor with caffeine in it and the last time i had it i was very sad <laughs> after a breakup and it was bad <laughs> It was so bad, that, uh, and it was so bad. When I'm sad, vodka has no taste, but this shit was so bad. White Claw is weed, and Four Loco is tar heroin, okay? Oh, okay, you, that's Megan. a really good comparison. Thank you for writing us, Megan. We love you. She said, you. oh my God, I love you so and much. And now it's time for Resistance Wrap Up. This is where we uh, want you to quickly, we want you to make some phone calls. And we know we talk about this a lot. We're always saying, make a phone call, make a phone call. But we really want everyone to make a commitment to call your senator and call your state representatives and call them at their local offices too. Um, and, and make it clear to them that you intend to, that this issue of how they vote uh, on gun reform is extremely important to you. In fact, that you intend to base your vote on it. And if they aren't willing to vote for uh, saving all of our lives and especially our children's lives, then they don't they don't need to be your representative or senator. Um, you can call, you can go to, if you don't know who your representatives are, if you go to the www.house.gov, you can, there's a find your representatives key, right? Like we can put in your zip code and all that and they will tell you who your representatives are and give you their office numbers, their, uh, their federal, you know, at, at at the house and their local offices. Um, and uh, we just wanted to give you, let you know that like, you can also look up step-by-step -step guides for calling representatives, like best practices for when you make these phone calls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So please, 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 please get in there and call your call rep. Your rep, call your senator, um, 202, I think, uh, I'm losing it now, 202, I'm losing it. Just look it up. I always know it. And for some reason it's out of my head at this moment. But it, it's really important, you know, use your senator's representative's name, use their contact details, tell them why you're calling, be very specific, be respectful. Um, you know, there are, are scripts out there, but all, you're going to be talking to, a to somebody on their staff. And these calls make a difference, like we said in the beginning of the podcast. These calls are, that's yes. what these people need to know is that their careers, their jobs are on the line. Please get involved. Our our democracy, our nation, our freedom our is lives. on the line. And our you lives. know that. Um, our lives. I'm Frances Callier. I'm Angela V. Shelton. We are Frangela. Thank you so much for listening to The Final Word. <laughs>